have to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. I feel the liftoff. The clock has started. Roger. Godspeed, John Glenn. Roger, zero G, and I feel fine. This is a new and strange environment at first. This suddenly finding yourself in orbit. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. I'm going to step off the land now. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. This is Houston, say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. Welcome home, Columbia. Beautiful, beautiful. Discovery, go at throttle up. Discovery, right or throttle up. Nose gear touchdown. Having fired the imagination of a generation, a ship like no other, its place in history secured, the space shuttle pulls into port for the last time. Its voyage at an end. Hello and welcome. This is Michael Annis, and you're listening to episode 12 of the Space Rocket History Podcast. And now, Vanguard Test Vehicle 3. You may recall from episode 8 that there were three proposals to launch America's first satellite. The Air Force's Atlas Project, the Army's Modified Jupiter-C Project, and the Navy's Vanguard Project. The Navy's Vanguard proposal was selected in 1955. The Army, under General Medeiros, did not give up, though. The General managed to quietly store two Jupiter-C rockets in an advanced state of readiness in case a satellite launch was ever approved. On November 3, 1957, Sputnik 2 was launched with the dog Laika. The launch and public outcry forced President Eisenhower to abandon his reliance on the Vanguard program as the only satellite effort for the U.S. On November 8th, the Department of Defense issued a press release stating that the Army Ballistic Missile Agency, that's ABMA, was authorized to launch a series of instrumented satellites aboard Jupiter-C rockets as a supplement to the Project Vanguard. The press release was placed on national wire services even before General Medeiros received his official orders. At first glance, this seemed to be great news for Medeiros and the ABMA. However, upon closer inspection, the official order only authorized the ABMA to prepare for launching of satellites. There was no clear-cut order to proceed with satellite launches. When Medeiros asked for an explanation, he was told that the ABMA satellite effort may be canceled without notice if Project Vanguard was successful. So, the Army Jupiter-C program was just a backup plan. As you can expect, it did not sit well with the ABMA people. Within hours, Werner von Braun, William Pickering, and General Medeiros tendered their resignations to Army Secretary Wilbur Bruckner, pending an official authorization to proceed with a satellite launch regardless of the outcome of Project Vanguard. In other words, von Braun, Pickering, and Medeiros were going to quit if they weren't allowed to launch a satellite. The tactic was successful, and on November 21st, General Medeiros received word that the ABMA would be allowed to launch satellites regardless of the outcome of Project Vanguard. 
However, the earliest possible launch date would be January 29, 1958. This meant that Vanguard would reach the launch pad first, with a rocket that would attempt to fly on December 6th. The Vanguard TV-3, or Test Vehicle 3, had been originally scheduled to be a test flight. But under Sputnik pressure, the test was moved up several months and made into a full-fledged attempt at a satellite launch. Now let's look at the technical specs of Vanguard. The Vanguard Test Vehicle 3 was 75 feet tall and had a diameter of 3.74 feet and a weight of 22,000 pounds. The fins were removed from the rocket as a way to reduce the drag. The rocket engine was mounted on gimbals which allowed it to pivot and direct its thrust for steering. Vanguard had three stages. The first stage was liquid-fueled with kerosene and liquid oxygen. It was capable of delivering a maximum thrust of 30,303 pounds, which was only 3% of what the Soviet R-7 could do. The burn time was 2 minutes 25 seconds. The first stage engine had made only one test flight a few weeks earlier. The second stage was liquid-fueled with nitric acid and unsymmetrical dimethylhydrazine. It had a thrust of 7,599 pounds and a burn time of 1 minute and 55 seconds. The second stage had never flown at all, and its builders had cut short its testing for fear that its engine would not last long when fired. The third stage was solid fuel with a max thrust of 2,600 pounds and a burn time of 31 seconds. The satellite was a very small sphere. It weighed only three pounds and was six inches in diameter. It was about the size of a grapefruit. It contained a mercury battery powered 10 milliwatt transmitter and a five milliwatt transmitter powered by six solar cells mounted on the body of the satellite. Six short antennas protruded from the sphere. The transmitters were used primarily for engineering and tracking data. Vanguard also carried two thermistors to measure the interior temperatures in order to track the effectiveness of its thermal protection. And now the launch of Vanguard TV-3, December 6, 1957. This is Charles von Friend reporting from Cape Canaveral. Reporters and photographers have gathered here throughout the night and early morning. Now it is almost noon. We expect the Project Vanguard missile carrying the first United States Earth satellite to be launched momentarily. Minus 10, Mark, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The countdown reached zero and the rocket began to lift. Then in the words of an observer, quote, It seemed as if the gates of hell had opened up. Brilliant stiletto flames shot out of the sides of the rocket near the engine. The vehicle agonizingly hesitated for a moment, quivered again, and in front of our unbelieving eyes began to topple. It sank like a great flaming sword down into the blast tube. It toppled slowly, breaking apart, hitting part of the test guard and the ground with a tremendous roar that could be felt and heard even behind the two-foot concrete wall of the blockhouse. For a moment there was complete disbelief. I could see it in the faces. 
and I could feel it in myself, end quote. America's first attempted satellite launch had failed spectacularly. About two seconds after liftoff, after rising only four feet, the rocket lost thrust and began to fall back to the launch pad. As it settled, the fuel tanks ruptured and exploded, destroying the rocket and severely damaging the launch pad. The Vanguard satellite was thrown clear and landed on the ground a short distance away with its transmitter still sending out a beacon signal. Satellite was damaged, however, and could not be reused. It is now on display at the National Air and Space Museum. The exact cause of the accident was never determined with certainty, but the commonly accepted explanation is that low fuel tank pressure during the start procedure allowed some of the burning fuel in the combustion chamber to leak into the fuel system through the injector head. Reaction to Vanguard's failure was swift. Newspapers in the U.S. published prominent headlines and articles noting the failure, including plays on the name of the Russian satellite Sputnik, such as Flopnik, Kaputnik, Oopsnik, and Stayputnik. In the London Daily Herald, the headline was, Oh, what a Flopnik. In the London Daily Express, the headline was, U.S. calls it Kaputnik. The Paris Journal wrote, quote, It seems there is a worm in the grapefruit, end quote. At the U.N., Soviet delegates asked their American counterparts if the U.S. might want to receive foreign aid under Moscow's program of technical assistance to backward nations. And Khrushchev had this to say. Our Sputniks are circling the world. Now, with America's failure, they will not be able to stop the forward march of communism. And Senator Lyndon Johnson had this to say, quote, How long, how long, oh God, how long will it take us to catch up with Russia's two satellites? End quote. In conclusion, America's failed attempt at launching a satellite was a domestic and international embarrassment. Live media coverage made it even more embarrassing. With the benefit of hindsight, we can identify three critical mistakes made by the U.S. First, the 1955 decision selecting the Navy Vanguard project over the Army's modified Jupiter C. Second, the 1956 decision to prevent the Army Jupiter C from launching a satellite by using a dummy payload and filling the fourth stage with sand. And third, taking a gamble by pushing a still experimental Vanguard Test Vehicle 3 into an actual satellite launch. But we don't live with the benefit of hindsight. We must live in the present. There were reasons behind the decisions made. In the future, the U.S. space program would have many peaks and fewer valleys, but this was a very deep valley. Thanks for listening to this archive episode of the Space Rocket History Podcast. If you are financially able, please support the podcast by going to the homepage spacerockethistory.com and clicking on the orange Donate button or the Patreon link. Thanks.